As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Bizarre Podcast. If I was to ask you when did Nelson Mandela die, what would your answer be? Do you remember him dying in the 1980s? Well, if this sounds correct to you, I'm afraid I have to tell you that you're mistaken. But don't worry, you're not the only one. Nelson Mandela, the first president of South Africa, died at the grand age of 95 at his home in Horton, Johannesburg, South Africa, on the 5th of December 2013. But many have a vivid memory of Nelson Mandela passing away in prison in the 1980s, and even remember his funeral being broadcast on the television. And this strange case of wrongful memories that seemed to affect quite a lot of people was given the name, The Mandela Effect. And believe it or not, there are many, many more of these, let's call them false memories out there, that may even take you by surprise. Obscure things that have happened in history that a large majority vividly remember happening differently and that's what makes the Mandela Effect so interesting. It's not just one or two people having different memories of something. It seems to be a large number of the population who have vivid memories of certain events happening very differently. And here is where it gets nuts. The theories as to why this happens ranges from simple tricks of the mind, creating false memories, to the fantastical idea that maybe we are sharing two separate realities of timelines with an alternate universe. And some memories are kind of bleeding through each one. But where did this seemingly far-fetched theory come from? Well, according to Wikipedia, in 2010 this shared false memory phenomenon was dubbed the Mandela Effect by self-described paranormal consultant Fiona Broom. In reference to a false memory she reported of the death of South African leader Nelson Mandela in the 1980s, who actually lived until December 2013, which we just said, which she claimed was shared by perhaps thousands of other people. And from that day on, when word got out on the internet about the Mandela Effect, it kind of exploded, and all of a sudden, there was loads of people all over the internet who had 
different memories of things happening differently in their childhood or in the past. And now there are literally hundreds of these examples of false memories that have been reported. And for this episode I've actually picked out a lot of the ones that I consider to be the best examples of the Mandela Effect. And we'll be covering that a little bit later on, but first I want to just tell you some of the wild theories as to why the Mandela Effect is actually happening. So the theories as to why this is happening ranges from simple tricks of the mind, creating false memories, to the fantastical idea that maybe we're sharing two separate realities, or two separate timelines, with an alternate universe, and some memories are kind of seeping through time and space, and they've kind of stuck with some of us, of a history that seemingly never happened. And here's just one of the first theories about how this all came about. Now, you may have heard of the Large Hadron Collider, the world's largest particle collider in the world, which is located beneath the border of Switzerland and France. It's a giant underground tunnel that is a massive 17 miles long. Now, according to the Hadron Collider CERN website, the Hadron Collider consists of a 27km ring of superconducting magnets with a number of accelerating structures to boost the energy of the particles along the way. Inside the accelerator, two high-energy particle beams travel at close to the speed of light before they are made to collide. Now, this large science experiment was created to find unique particles in an attempt to understand time and space better. Uh, to find the God particle, which, which it did, it found the Higgs boson particle, as well as other particles. I mean, I remember before this machine was switched on, there was an uproar in the science and public communities. Uh, there was a lot of worry about this collider bringing about the end of the world, and although that, that might sound a little bit too far-fetched, apparently the collider does have the capability to create black holes. And this actually scared a lot of people, and many people believe that if this machine was switched on, that it was quite possible it could create a big enough black hole to destroy everything we know. Now, there is a theory that the collider is capable of creating quantum black holes, but these would be very, very minuscule and would devour themselves as soon as they were created. And although many don't buy into this, and I think it's probably just skirmongering, the Hadron Collider has been switched on, and we have not been devoured by any black holes as of yet. But let's just forget about the black holes. Let's just ask, is it possible that this machine that was created to give insight into time and space may have altered reality and time when it was initially powered on? Well, some believe the answer is yes. Some believe that when the collider was switched on, and the two particle beams were sent flying around the 17 mile structure close to the speed of light and then collided. They believed that this was the day that the very fabric of time and space was altered and created these different timelines with small differences in history. And for some reason, we, or at least some of us, can remember history unfolding differently or happening differently in the past. And the main theory behind this is that when the Hadron Collider was switched on, it somehow attracted alternate universes to merge with our own, where such events in these alternate universes may happen slightly different to how they happen on our universe. There could be a universe out there where everything is identical, more or less, with little differences. For instance, let, let's try and um, do an example. Uh, let, let's say that our universe is called Universe 1, and this morning... You got up, you got ready for work, you set out, 
You got in your car, you drove to work, and you was there on time. But in Universe 2, you did everything exactly the same. You got up, you got in your car, you set off to work, but there was a traffic jam, and you didn't get there in time. That is an example of the different universes, which are subtle things are slightly different, but more or less everything is running the same. Here's another example. Um, universe 1. You get invited to a party. You don't really feel like going, but you think, I'll go anyway. When you're at the party, you meet the love of your life. You fall in love, you have babies, you get married, etc, etc. Universe 2. You're invited to a party. You don't really want to go, so you decide not to. And you never meet the love of your life. And your life goes on an entirely different path. I mean, that's a bit it's a bit of a depressing example, I'll admit, but that is the that's the kind of thing you want to think of when you're thinking of alternate parallel universes. Where things are happening more or less the same, but there are small differences, sometimes big differences. Um now let's do this example one more time, but this time with how we opened the episode with the Nelson Mandela false memory. Okay, so once again we've got Universe 1, our universe, our timeline now and the moment. Nelson Mandela is placed in prison. Then eventually in 1990, he's released from prison and he goes on to be the president of South Africa. And then eventually we get up to 2013 and Nelson Mandela passes away. But then you have Universe 2. The alternate universe. Nelson Mandela is put into prison. Nelson Mandela dies in prison in 1985. The television broadcasts his funeral. And this is a very big thing. Very big news story. Everyone remembers it. So there you have history taking two very different paths on each universe. On our universe, Nelson Mandela lives till 2013. In the theoretical multiverse universe, he dies in 1985. And then back on our universe, and possibly in the alternate universe, on September the 10th, 2008, the Hadron Collider is switched on, and eventually the first experiment takes place, and both universes, both realities, are somehow merged together. That's that's the far-fetched theory that we're going to be discussing today. So that's one theory as to why the Mandela Effect takes place, and believe me, there are many more. They just get crazier from here on in. Another wild theory is that somewhere in the future, time travel has been invented and all these alternative memories that we are having are the result of a possible time traveller who has changed something in the past that has caused the ripple in time with small alterations to history and once again, for some reason, we can recall both realities. Now, interestingly enough, these two theories, the Hadron Collider theory and the time traveller theory, are somehow connected now there is a story that has been going around the internet for quite some time now about a time traveller that you may find convincing, you may not, but nevertheless it is very interesting and I hope to do a episode on it sometime in the future. The time traveller I'm talking about is called John Titor, he's a guy who appeared on numerous online forums talking about time travel. He claimed that he was an American military time traveller from 2036. He also claimed that time travel was invented in the year 2034 by CERN. Now CERN are the people who created the Hadron Collider in Theory 1. Now John Tito has posted many different explanations for time travel and also mentions that on occasion he has altered reality and history and some of the things he allegedly changed were things such as car models that no longer seem to exist in the timeline he was in at the present. Books 
that were published later than originally came out, and even bigger changes such as skyscrapers, which were there in one timeline, but in the new timeline never existed and were never built. So as you can imagine, it wasn't long before someone put these these internet stories of a supposed time traveller together with the Mandela effect and made up their own theory. So a lot of John Tito believers have come up with the idea that John Tito is responsible for the Mandela effect that we sometimes experience if you believe in this theory. But there is a more down-to-earth explanation that I will explain to you at the end of this episode. But before we get there, let's discuss some of these false memories. And some of them are actually quite convincing. So, as we've said a few times now, this all started with Nelson Mandela, uh, the false memory around his death. And it wasn't long before more possible Mandela effect theories were brought to light. So I've scoured the internet and I've accumulated a list of what I think are the best examples of the Mandela effect. There are hundreds out there and some of them are quite ridiculous. But the, the, these ones I've picked here I think are some of the best examples. The first is possibly one of the best known examples of the uh, Mandela effect. So uh, let's get to it. Okay, Mandela effect number one. In the 1990s, actor and comedian Sinbad played a magical genie in a movie called Shazam. Do you remember this movie? Well, if you do, I'm sorry, but it never existed. This film was never made, but so many people remember watching this movie in their childhood days. And they remember the film so well, and they also seem to remember the box art as well. The, uh, the VHS box cover. Now, I don't actually have this memory of a Sinbad movie ever existing, but like I said, so many people do. Now, it is possible that they are confusing this movie with another, starring Shaq O'Neal as a genie called Kazam. And I, I, I actually remember this, um, this film, I actually remember renting it on VHS when I was a child. Uh, so, I can confirm that I remember this memory this way, but so many people remember it the other way, with Sinbad stirring in this movie, and the movie not being called Kazam, but Shazam. What do you remember? Mandela Effect number 2 In the Disney movie Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the evil queen never once said, Mirror Mirror, on the wall, who is the furthest of them all. She actually says, Magic Mirror, on the wall, who is the furthest of them all. Now this one had people in disbelief and amazement, including me. I've always thought it was pronounced mirror mirror on the wall in the film. And even Disney have used the quote mirror mirror on the wall on many of the Snow White merchandise throughout the years. So if even Disney don't know what they quoted in their own movie, well I think that just makes that even more compelling. But no, she never once said mirror mirror on the wall. She actually said magic mirror on the wall. I think, wow, that's that's a good one, that one. Okay, Mandela Effect number three. This one got me. The Monopoly Man. Now, we all know the Monopoly Man. Rich Uncle Pennybags, as you may know him. No doubt you can picture him vividly as I describe him to you now. He's a little man with a tash, a nice black suit. He's wearing a top hat and a monocle, Right? You, you remember him? You've got that vision in your head? Well, he's not quite as I described him. And this shocked me. The Monopoly Man never wore a monocle. Not at all. But uh, this one makes me laugh because it is so frustrating because I am sure, I am positive that I remember him wearing 
a monocle. I mean, I played this game non-stop in my childhood. It was one of my favourite games. I, I loved it. And just the fact that he never actually wore the monocle just, just shocks me because it's just one of the memories that have stuck in my mind, which is obviously a fake memory that I've, I've created for myself or it's an alternate reality. But it's just frustrating, that one, because I, I remember it so well, that air monocle, but obviously I was wrong. Anyway... Mandela Effect number four. Do you remember the great taste of Jiffy peanut butter on your sandwiches as a kid? Well, do you also remember that it was never called Jiffy? It was simply called Jiff. Not Jiffy, just Jiff. Now this is another frustrating memory, not for me, but I'm sure for many other people who swear that they remember the peanut butter being called Jiffy. But I might have a bit of an explanation for this one, because apparently there was another brand of peanut butter which was called Skippy. And it's believed that people may have been getting the two mixed up and creating this um, this false memory of Jif being called Jiffy. I don't know, what do you think? Mandela Effect number 5. In the 1991 movie The Silence of the Lambs, everyone seems to clearly remember Anthony Hopkins' character saying... Hello, Clarice. And this line became the line to say when anyone was recreating that scene. Although he never said that line. And this is another amazing one. I mean, if you don't believe me, just type it in on YouTube and see for yourself. He never says that line. He simply says, good morning, when meeting Clarice for the first time. Mandela Effect number six, the Mona Lisa. Many people swore that they remember the Mona Lisa frowning and not actually smiling as she is in the picture nowadays. And I know this because I just Google searched her, to be sure. <laughs> Mandela Effect, number seven. Now this one amazed me, and I only discovered this one recently when I was researching this episode. The famous mobster Al Capone was jailed in Alcatraz for tax evasion and was sentenced to 11 years in prison. And I was 100% sure that he died in Alcatraz due to him having syphilis. Well, I'm amazed by this one too, because he was actually paroled in 1939 and lived another eight years and then eventually died living in his mansion in Florida. That's just amazing for me. I'm, I'm sure I remember documentaries on Al Capone and I'm sure I remember him dying in prison because uh, I, I, I like watching documentaries about Alcatraz and I like watching documentaries about gangsters and I was convinced that he had died in Alcatraz. Absolutely convinced. But apparently not. Mandela Effect number 8. Now this is another popular one. You may remember a series of children's books that help kids to read uh, since 1962. The Berenstain Burrs books, named after their creators Stan and Jan Berenstain, is another victim of the Mandela Effect. Many are convinced that the books were called the Berenstein Burrs, not the Berenstain. And they have so many vivid memories of reading these names out when they were children learning to read and reading the books in the classrooms. And there has actually even been merchandise found. And I, I think it was a cassette tape which had Berenstain on the front of it and Berenstein on the spine of the cassette tape. Weird. Mandela Effect number 9. Next we have the Bible story of Samson and Delilah. 
Now the story follows the character Samson who was blessed with incredible strength and was in love with a woman called Delilah who didn't love him back. And after Delilah discovered that Samson's strength came from his hair, she waited for him to sleep before cutting off his hair. But she never did. She in fact got a servant to do the deed for her. But many remember that it was Delilah who did the cutting. Mandela Effect number 10. Now the next few are associated with the Star Wars movies. Uh, first is the droid character C-3PO. Uh, you, you may know him, he's a friendly, cowardly robot who was gold-plated all over. Only he wasn't. Uh, Free CPO has always had a silver leg, a silver left leg to be accurate. Uh, just below the knee, it was painted silver. Now, here's a problem. Many Star Wars fanatics who have seen the original movies over and over again cannot recall this detail, and I'm one of them. I love the Star Wars films. I've watched them numerous times and I never noticed he had a silver leg up until recently when I started researching the Mandela effect. Now I never once noticed that he, he had a silver leg, I just always presumed that he was gold plated from head to toe and obviously I'm not the only one. Mandela effect number 11, the Empire Strikes Back. Now in this movie there is a certain scene that reveals one of the best shocks in cinema history and that is the scene where we all find out that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Now, spoiler alert, I'm sorry if you haven't seen this, but you know where the hell have you been? They've been out for over 30 years now, these films. But if you're like me, you've seen this film a hundred times or more. And we all know that famous line, Luke, I am your father. This line has been recreated, I don't know how many times, by different TV shows, fans... Everybody knows this line, but the line never was spoken. Luke, I am your father, was never spoken in The Empire Strikes Back. This just blows my mind. Uh, the line actually used was, no, I am your father. Not Luke, I am your father. No, I am your father. Uh, th this one just bugs me. Um, I mean, I was convinced. I was convinced that this was the line. Mandela Effect number 12. Another movie that has apparently changed is Forrest Gump. You remember the famous line that Forrest spoke, life is like a box of chocolates? Well, once again, apparently he never uttered that line. What he actually said was, life was like a box of chocolates. Now, I don't know if this means anything, but I actually have a different memory, different to the other two. Uh, I don't remember him saying life is like a box of chocolates. I don't remember him saying life was like a box of chocolates. I actually remember him saying life's like a box of chocolates. So is this another example of the Mandela effect? Mandela effect number 12. On the day that JFK was assassinated, many people remember only four people being in the car, when in fact there was actually six. But this doesn't stop many people remembering that there were only four people in the car. And when the scene has been recreated in certain TV shows, it has been depicted as only having four people in the car. Mandela Effect number 13, the Queen song, We Are The Champions. Right, if, if you listen to We Are The Champions by Queen, and you come to the final lyrics, which is, No time for losers, because we are the champions. 
and that's it. That's where the song ends. And I must admit, it just sounds plain wrong without the lyrics of the world added on to the end. No time for losers, because we are the champions of the world. And then the record ends, but it doesn't. But loads of people are sure that the song once ended with of the world at the end. And I I do as well, because when you listen to it, I, I went and played this back on YouTube and I listened to the end of the song. And without them few more lyrics, it just didn't sit right with me. Mandela Effect number 14. Does Curious George have a tail? Well, lots of people remember the Curious Monkey having a long tail that he used to swing through the trees. But it may surprise you to find that Curious George does not and never did have a tail. Now, I, I don't remember him with a tail, I always remember him without. Uh, but I've only started watching him recently when um, when we had children, uh, so that might explain that. But I, I don't remember him having a tail, I always remember him without a tail. But it does seem strange that a monkey in, in a kid's show isn't drawn with a tail. Anyway, uh, Mandela Effect number 15. And here we have a movie where the Mandela Effect seems to change the title. Right, you all remember the movie with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, uh, Interview with a Vampire? Well, it's not actually on ever as been Interview with a Vampire. The title of the movie is actually Interview with the Vampire. Now, this is a strange one for me because I actually remember it as both. I think, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if really I should have in, included this one on the list because this is probably just down to forgetfulness, but uh, there it is. Mandela Effect number 16, the Looney Tunes cartoon starring the likes of Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, Daffy Duck. It's actually spelled Looney Tunes, T-U-N-E-S, but many have vivid memories of watching the TV show and seeing it spelt as Looney Tunes, T-O-O-N-S, Tunes, not Tunes, Tunes. Mandela Effect number 17. The Mandela Effect has also seemed to affect countries, New Zealand in particular. It's located southeastern from Australia, but many people remember New Zealand being located northeast from Australia. Weird. Mandela Effect number 18. The Tiananmen Square Tank Man. Now you may remember a video of a protester in China in 1989 standing in front of a tank and coming very close to being run over before being removed from the tank's path. Now this scene has been played on TV numerous times since and it has appeared in documentaries, on the internet, in books. No doubt that you have seen this clip at some point. Now many people remember the protester actually getting run over by the tank and it was caught on video. Now, obviously this never happened, but so many people have a very vivid memory of it actually happening, of the man getting killed. And I must admit, whenever I have seen the video in the past, I always got the feeling that there was an unhappy ending going to happen. But obviously it never did. Mandela Effect 19. Patrick Swayze passed away from pancreatic cancer, but many people swore and remember him making a full recovery and that he actually beat cancer. Now, it's a shame, I, I, I wish he did. I actually, I don't have this memory at all. But that would have been nice if he, if he did. Um, Mandela Effect number 20. In 1985, Sally Field won an Oscar and gave one of the most memorable acceptance speeches ever. 
and you may remember her speech. It included the line, you like me, you really like me. Now, as far as I'm concerned, everyone knows and remembers that line, right? Well, it was never spoken. What she actually said was, I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. She never said, you like me, you really like me. She actually said, I can't deny the fact that you like me. Right now, you like me. And that's not how many people remember that line. I mean, just think about how many people have said, you like me, you really like me, when giving a speech and copying Sally's famous speech that apparently was quite different. And that's it, we've just about come to the end of the list now, uh, but there are so many more that I didn't mention. I mean, I'll give you a few more people remember the KitKat logo. A lot of people remember that the logo had an iPhone in between the word kit and cat, but it never did. In the movie um, Risky Business with Tom Cruise, where he did the, the dance scene, you remember it? He did the dance scene in his underwear and the shirt and the sunglasses. Well, apparently, that he wasn't wearing any sunglasses in that scene, but many people, including me, vividly remember him wearing sunglasses. Here's another one. In Pokemon, Pikachu has a yellow tail, but many remember the tip being coloured black, but apparently it never was. Uh, some people remember there being more than 50 states in the US when they were at high school and being taught about it. Um, Many recall Disneyland Cinderella Castle being located in an entirely different place. And um, believe me, the list just goes on and on. It's, it's got, some of them are quite ridiculous, to be, to be honest. But the list goes on and on. There are hundreds. So there are quite a lot of examples of the Mandela effect that I've just given you. Uh, let's go back now and try and offer a little bit of an explanation as to why we're remembering these false memories. Now, as I've mentioned, the uh, parallel universe, the multiverse, the time travel aspects of it, um, there is a more rational explanation. But before we get to that, I have got one more explanation that is just as out there as the multiverse and the time travel one, and I think it's worth mentioning because it's you know it's fun and it's um, and it's it's a possibility. It's far fetched. It's very far fetched, but it's a possibility. Um, we're going to be discussing the theory of a simulated universe. The possibility that we all live in a computer simulation. I mean, okay, okay, I know this sounds outrageous. Just like time travel, just like alternative timelines, just like multiple universes. But let's just explore it a little bit before we get up to the rational explanation. Okay, imagine this. Everything you see, everything you know, everything you experienced in your life could just be simulated like a highly advanced computer program that is running our reality. And to do this, it would have to be way more advanced than any kind of computer program that we have got in our reality at the moment. Now, just imagine this. There's some higher power, be it aliens or be it God, that have programmed us into existence. And somehow, we are self-aware. Imagine there's some higher power that we just can't comprehend and that they have programmed us into existence and that we are running on some super simulation or an experiment or possibly a higher advanced video game even. And as ridiculous as this sounds, many people think this is indeed a possibility. Like Elon Musk, for example, he believes that this is very, very possible. Think of it this way. We started off with a, the video game Pong. 
you remember the, the, the white lines on either side of the screen and the dot in the middle and you have to hit it between the two lines like a little bit like tennis on very basic computer game that was invented like i said that was one of the first games that was ever invented and today it's nowhere near as impressive as the games that we have now that are so much more impressive and almost photorealistic a good example i think is the grand theft auto games which has a fully simulated working world or should I say city, as a fully working simulated city, uh, you have weather, you have traffic, you have a train service, you have the airport, you have computerized people who seem to be going about their day. Now, when you think about it, the city that they've created, it's a fully working city on, on a basic format compared to what we know ourselves in our reality but the, the, for all intents and purposes this is a fully working city in the game now just imagine what that game will be like in the years to come when we get better graphics cleverer ai etc etc it will look very very real with even better photorealistic images and some believe that one day it could be possible that the characters in the game could become self-aware and possibly when our programs get so advanced and the simulated people in the game actually get to the point one day where they actually make their own simulated universe within the simulated universe that we created for them. So let's let's get back to the Mandela effect. Uh, if we are indeed living inside a simulated universe that is controlled by some higher power, like we said earlier, could the Mandela effect be explained by computer updates in the system or system restore points like a PC? Or simply someone either simply changing some code or hacking the system, creating these false memories in our world? It could also be possible that our simulated universe has received a virus. And that's what's causing the Mandela effect. It's a little bit matrixy this, so let's move on from the simulated universe and talk about some of the more the more rational explanations for the Mandela effect, which I think I'm probably swaying towards. I mean, I like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like the idea of um, a simulated universe, I like the idea of time travel, I like the idea of multiple universes. They are a little bit far-fetched, but they f they're so much fun to have those theories. However, there is a more rational explanation, and this explanation is probably the simplest one of all. And it involves a brain, and maybe simple was the wrong choice of words because there is nothing simple about the human mind. When it comes down to it, the human memory is just plain unreliable. When memories are stored in the brain and then recalled, let's say years later, sometimes there may be certain information missing, and it's believed the brain tries to fill in that gap with a false memory. Your brain just fills in that empty gap. It makes something up. It's been suggested that when a memory is recalled, it is possible that other similar memories are also brought forward and mixed in together creating a new memory that didn't happen how you remember it. This is called confabulation, which can be caused by brain damage and neurological problems, although it is entirely possible for perfectly healthy people to confabulate as well. But that only explains why one individual person would experience these false memories. One explanation as to why the Mandela effect affects so many people is put down to the power of suggestion, to believe something that other people claim to be true. Or maybe the question is asked in a certain way that sways you towards a certain answer that your brain convinces you is the right choice. And there you have it, there is the rational explanation behind the Mandela effect if you don't buy into all the 
time travel simulator universe and multiple universes theories that are out there that are perhaps a little bit too far-fetched for some people to take. But like I said, it is fun to think about it. Now, as I was researching this episode, I did make a post on the Facebook group, Bizarre Podcast Facebook group, and I asked if any of the members had ever experienced the Mandela effect personally, whether they'd actually had any personal stories to tell, if they recall any memories that others swore just didn't happen. And you was all fantastic, and you very kindly responded and told me some of your stories. Uh, So I thought I'd share some of them now. So here is the first message that I received. I have a memory, a very vague one, from when I was very young and I had a baby bottle full of hot tea or Horlicks. I vividly remember biting the teat off the bottle, splashing myself with the hot liquid, burning my face. Obviously not hot enough to scare, but hot enough to shock a young child. Although, when I retell this story to my mother, my mother says that this never happened. She said I I did indeed bite the teat off, but the bottle was filled with cold orange juice. Although I am convinced that the liquid in the bottle was either tea or Horlicks, and I remember vividly it was hot to the touch, especially when it splashed on my face. Another lady messaged me who claims that she has been affected by the Mandela effect for almost 33 years. Um, She said that her friend's son died two times that she can remember. Other friends went on vacation to the US for the first time twice that she can remember. She remembers Nelson Mandela dying three times. She remembers Gene Wilder dying three times. She remembers many other celebrities who died a couple of times. Uh, She remembers her great aunt who died two times. Then her mother's maiden name changed over and over again. And she says that she's had many more experiences over the years as well. Here's another message I received off Aaron Ellis. He recalls how he once helped an older gentleman in 2008 pull down a dilapidated single-storey home and it took about four days with a front-loader to do so. Now, as he said, that was back in 2008, but he also goes on to say that recently he drove past where the, um, where the house used to be, only to find that it is back there, as it was before he pulled it down, still dilapidated, still a very old house, and he swears it is the exact same house that he pulled down that day in 2008 and he can't explain how it is back there again. He then goes on to mention how he has a very vivid memory of the Statue of Liberty being built on Ellis Island and not on Liberty Island, which is very interesting to me because I had a very a separate message off a lady who has the exact same story, more or less. Here it is. She says, I asked my niece where the Statue of Liberty was because I knew she had climbed it. She told me Ellis Island and she climbed it to the flame. When I said no, it's on Liberty Island, and was bombed during the First World War, and was unstable to climb to the flame, she corrected herself, and said that's right, it's Liberty Island. She started arguing with herself. I watched her memories change in front of my eyes. It was bizarre. That about brings us to the end of the episode. So what do you think? Is the Mandela effect just simply the mind playing tricks on us by filling in the gaps with false memories? Or are we actually remembering an alternate timeline, an alternate universe merging with our own? Or do you think it's possible that we are all part of a very advanced simulation created by some higher power and there's a glitch in the matrix that we all call the Mandela effect? As always... I'll let you decide. I'll see you next time.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.